Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ring the Bell podcast. That's Nick Kreider. That's Heath Bell. I'm born in Azar. We're literally less than a week away from spring training baseball. We're just inching until, and I cannot wait. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Feeling good. Feeling great. Another I'm day. Feeling, I'm feeling really good. I got my uh, cat over here waving at you guys. My lucky cat. The I lucky cat's got to be present in every game you watch this year, Heath. Oh, it's a secret well, sauce. Technically, the lucky cat goes in the kitchen that goes to the living room. So, yeah, it'll be able to see the TV everywhere. Good to know, good to know. And then whenever you come to games, you got to bring the cat as well. If we're winning this year and doing really well, then uh, maybe it'll be a Padre cat in the souvenir stands or something like that. I'll, I'll call the call the boys. You got, the, you got the rally goose already. You think the rally goose is going to be back next season? They said no. I don't think so. Machado's like we didn't win at all with it. So he said stay tuned for something new. We'll see. I like that. I like that. Cause you know, you could bring them, you could not bring them. We'll see. <clears throat> yeah. I, I love when, uh, when teams, especially when they get like far in the postseason, when they have like their little sticks, like there's a couple of seasons ago where Tatis did like the tree top thing or the tree chop with all the players. I remember back in the day when the Rangers were in the world series back in the day, like 10 years ago, they did like yeah. the deer antlers thing. <laughs> remember um, the angels, the rally monkey. Yep. Rally yeah, monkey that started, but they kept that going for a while. And then Padre fans don't like to talk about the swag chain of uh, the curse 2021. Oh, but that was, bad. you know, so they, they they got rid of that. They went to the goose, got them far, yeah. didn't get them to the promised land. Okay, so we'll personally, Padres, stop being um, superstitious <laughs> here. Find something and just run with it. And doesn't matter if you go all the way or not. You can't You can't just get something. And okay, unless we win, we can't use that again. Right. You know, you got to find something that works and it's kind of a kick. And then that becomes your thing, like the route, the goose or whatnot. And, yep. and that becomes our thing. And then, then we can win with that. Yeah. Rome so, wasn't built in a day. So, you know, you might exactly. need a, a superstition or tradition that carries on for a couple of seasons. Yeah. I, you know, it's like a 10 year tradition. Like I'm going to say something I haven't. So last time, you know, I was with the Padres the last time before what last year or that 20 season before we had a winning season. Mm-hmm. I was on the last team. The winning season was uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just a little tidnote, just guys. Um, our our team roster was 37.8 million, and we were like um, the second lowest. And just um, was it 10, 12, 13 years? Are were the third highest? You know, team salary. How times have changed. 235 million. So, yeah, well, I want to ca- quickly comment about that. I was having a conversation the other day with uh, a friend, Danny Vietti. He's a good follow on Twitter. If, if those of you who haven't followed him, go check him out. But he's a big Padres supporter, even though he grew up as a Giants fan. Pretty funny. Uh, he has a podcast with with uh, Will Middlebrooks, former Padre as well, called Wake and Rake. But we we're talking the other day and he was 
discussing how the Padres fan fest has changed so much, right? How, you know, 10 years ago, there was no one at the Padres fan fest. And this year, like, you know, it's wall to wall, person to person. You can't, you know, you got to wait three hours to get a, a Tatis autograph. And people were commenting on Twitter, like, oh, 25% of those people were actually fans 10 years ago. It's a bunch of bandwagoners. And look, people got to understand that what Heath just said is true and it's been true for 20 years. We've had the lowest payroll of any team or bottom three, bottom five every single season. I mean, we're rolling out guys like Alexia Marista, you know, at shortstop and like, you know, Chris Norfia being our, our starting center fielder. Like we've come a long way. And I don't think a lot of people around Major League Baseball, or a lot of fans at least who are unaware of Padres fanhood and fandom know what we've really gone through. Exactly. Well, it's one of those things that the fan fest used to be. I remember going, they would just say, Hey, go here. And that's it. Go sign some autographs. And that's about it. And then we we would do a little Q and a now they're going in the city. They're going over to this restaurant. They're doing that. The owners now the Seidler family are, they, they are there and they want to be a part of this, the San Diego community, the people and all the Padre fans that I really believe there's been always a huge following of Padre fans, but they're like, yeah, ownership, you know, we'll get good and then we'll trade our best players away. Like they don't really care. Right. You know, yeah. they did that since um, Sheffield, you know, back in the day, Tony Gwynn's the only one they didn't trade away. And it's because Tony didn't want to go anywhere. Um, but Gary Sheffield, Fred McGriff, I mean, Sally Alomar Jr. I mean, those guys, they were getting the prime of their career and then just trade off. And so when Adrian and Jake PV and myself came by, it was like, well, we're going to trade them too. And it was like, you know, that was what, 15, 20 years later. And they're just like, man, we're not, whatever. And, you know, our starting rotation, we free agency. Oh, we're going to go get somebody. And then we never did, you know, remember the whole um, Mookie Betts? I think, yep. you know, we were going to get Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts. And then all of a sudden it didn't follow through. And it was just like, ah, great. I was refreshing Twitter every, every seven seconds. <laughs> so I think yeah, really man. the Padre fans are just showing up because the last couple of years they've seen ownership. They're just not going out and get one guy and then that's it. And then maybe yeah. trade them off for a while. They, they're, they're in it for the long haul. So you got to give credit to the ownership that they're here long haul. They, they want to win. They want to embrace the city, the fans, the players. They want to build something here Yeah. Um, that, Padres could have had years ago, but ownership never wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And speaking of more fans, it's like people shouldn't be on other people saying, oh, you're a fan of the team now. Like, this is what you want. You want there to be more fans. You want right. there to be more steam behind this engine. You know, it, it's not cool to be that tight little group of people who liked the Padres 12 years ago. Sure, you can have your own little niche friend groups with that, but it's way cooler where there's literally millions of people who care what this team does and i think that was the goal of the ownership and although they haven't reached their ultimate goal they've they've checked a lot of boxes uh in other areas so you know that's that's fantastic to hear want to give a shout out to our sponsor betonline.ag as well your number one source for all betting needs super bowl sunday coming up chiefs eagles the line is a yo-yo i don't even know where to begin with that (laughs) go to betonline.ag use promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v for 50% off your welcome bonus. Gents, have, have our picks changed since we've last spoken? I, I, I'm still I'm still nibbling eagles. I'm still on the birds as well. <laughs> um, I went to bet online and actually put 100 bucks on the Chiefs. Bingo. Yeah. Putting money where it's Brandon Ayuk of the uh, 49ers 
your team, Heath, said that uh, he would take all the money he had right now in cash and if he could bet and put it on the Chiefs. So he knows something maybe that we don't. I just could can't, bet. I cannot, I cannot root for a team that beat my team right before the big games. So yeah, I feel that. I'm going to be rooting against him. Anyways, we did a cool poll back to baseball. We did a pretty neat poll on Twitter the other day, and we asked the public, we asked the public, what Padres combo would you want more? We almost got a thousand people voting, which was pretty incredible stuff. We did. Would you rather have Machado and Soto, Machado and Otani, Otani and Soto? The results surprised me, but also didn't at the same time. I'll get into why in a second. Gents, you did the did the results surprise you at all? I mean, I texted you initially, and I was like, "Is is this serious?" And I'm not surprised because obviously the reasoning is that Machado and Soto are on the team now, as you say. And you know, we love Machado, we love Soto. You know, you got to put your emotions in it if you're a fan. But for me, and I know Heath feels the same way, you gotta go out and get the number one pitcher who can also hit home runs. Shohei Otani, right? Yes. And of course, with so with Soto, like he's young. He's the youngest guy of the mix here. And like if you can lock those two up for the future, like that's a nice, nice <laughs> a no, piece of your roster. It's a no-brainer. It's a yeah. no-brainer. Come on. I love Machado. I love him, but it's Otani and Soto for me all day, every day. I think Machado's our our leader. Everybody sees that. You know, but I would love, I need we need Otani. I really do. I mean, as soon as Otani's on team, I guarantee that will change, you know, because we'll have a bunch of Asian influence and this and that. But, you know, it's just one of those things. I think Soto's going to want big bucks. I think he's going to want $400, $500 million. You know, I, I, I just think that. And I think Machado will stay. And so we make a push for Otani. I really do. Plus, he'll fill two holes. He'll fill the hole that Soto you know, if he ends up going, it'll fill that hole and it'll fill the starting, you know, the starting pitcher role that we need. Right. Yeah. Again, about 60% of people wanted Machado and Soto, 20% kind of split on Machado and Otani and Otani and Juan Soto. So when I say like, does it surprise me? Not really. You know, Machado and Soto are the two guys currently on the Padres. We have this emotional <clears throat> attachment to our players. And listen, I totally understand. Manny Machado, as Heath was saying, is the, the captain of this team. He's done everything. Um, but when we're looking at this, we're, I think we're looking at this from an impartial, what can help us from the biggest baseball perspective. The right. answer is Soto and Otani. And the answer, quite frankly, isn't close. So Correct. Uh, it's not, not close. Not close at all. However, what's the most likely situation, do you guys think? The one people voted for. You, most so you, likely? Think, you think the most yeah. likely is Machado and Soto stay here? I, yeah. I think it's Otani and Machado. I think I'm with Heath. I, I think it's I think it's very close between the two. I think that there's definitely a lot behind the fact that Soto is here right now. And if he gets a taste of winning in San Diego, and look, the fans already love him. Machado as well that they might be enticed to stay and maybe even take a hometown discount. I don't know how big of a discount that is, but maybe like, you know, 5%, 10% off. I don't, Chris. I don't see, I'll put it this way and, and forgive me. This is probably, people are going to hate me for this one. Latin players usually never take a hometown discount. It's yeah, it get no. them, it get me paid as much as I can possibly be much as I can possibly get. 
I've I don't know anybody that's ever taken a hometown discount. I mean, look at Albert Pujols, Nelly Cruz, baby. You know, it's just one. <laughs> look at Albert Pujols with St. Louis. Everybody yeah. for sure thought he was going to stay there, and he the didn't. Went off to Anaheim. Paid him. Yeah. What's that? The Angels paid him. I was still shocked at that money he got. At what was his? He was going into his age thirty-four season when right. he got that Angels deal. It was yeah, crazy, it's ridiculous. I think well, it's he also... got that, and he got a certain percentage of the team. <laughs> they gave him ownership, Eve. Yeah, they took that out of baseball. You can't do that anymore in contracts. Insane. I also think that it's harder to get a hometown discount when you're in California because of taxes. If you're playing in Florida, you know, or in Texas, it's probably a little bit easier. But, yeah, but name name one player that's had a hometown discount. That's a Latin player. I honestly couldn't tell you. I'm just saying. Nelly I mean, Cruz. Well, look, I mean, <laughs> look, they, they come from the Dominican Republic or Cuba where, you know, life isn't as easy as it is out here. And, you know, when they have the opportunity to change their lives and change their family's lives and their friends' lives, like. They've already changed their lives and they're in the big leagues. He's already making millions of dollars. What's the difference if you make 20 million or 30 million? 10 million. It actually, <laughs> it's only 5 million because of taxes. Whatever yeah. guys make, if somebody signed a hundred million dollar deal, he's only getting fifty million. Because yeah. taxes basically take half your money, like forty eight percent. Well, regardless, I think that's probably the most likely situation. Those two stay, and then close second would be Machado and Otani. I think I think Machado is the one that is is commonly going to stay here. So a lot of but people I, think Soto's walking. Y'all think that, huh? I think Soto's walking, and if I was the owners and I was Seidler, think about this. <clears throat> you keep Machado, you have to keep him. He's kind of the face somewhat of Tatis. You know, Let's just see what Tatis does this year. But Machado's kind of been that guy. You want to extend him. You want to be able to bring people other back, back in. If you get Otani, look at – now I'm, not, I'm going business-wise. Now you got the Asian, you got Japan – you got all this other revenue Korea already that, yeah, that you're going to make so much in the far East than you're going to make in Latin America, you know, with Soto and Machado. It's, it's just, it's night and day. I so was, I would put my money up and go try to get Otani. And it's three players compared to getting two players, right? Yeah. You're getting the pitcher, you're getting the hitter and you're getting the hitter and then opposed to just two hitters. Or if you yeah. just make him play one or the other, you know, as a DH once in a while and then just or just pitch, you're still going to get huge revenue, huge money coming back from the Asian culture. It's just it's going to happen. I mean, the only the only argument for Soto is his age. That's like the only argument because he's he's he just turned 24. So it's he is this guy hasn't even entered his physical prime yet. Right. So that's like the but, one argument with Soto. But he's so going to require really a decade take, and a half of a contract. If you want to take that argument a little deeper. Let's when he first it. came up, he tore it up. The last year or two, he's kind of he hasn't tore it up. Now, was he doing it purposely so he wasn't going to be with the Washington Nationals, or was people not pitching to him? This year, we will really tell mid-season. If That's he's hitting around three hundred, then I could say yes, he's that twenty-four-year-old, twenty-five-year-old phenom that we probably need to sign. That's a great point. But if he's not hitting past three hundred at the All-Star break or in June. Maybe his best years were early. I mean, look at Andrew Jones that, I mean, yeah, Andrew Jones first came up was filthy and then just slowly was on the decline, even though yeah. he owned me and hit like seven home runs off. <laughs> but yeah, he's the one guy I probably really, really feared 
you know, pitchers, but, I mean, pitchers figure out hitters as they get older, of course. And look, I'm, I'm waiting for that Juan Soto to be competing for a batting title. Right. I mean, look, the on-base percentage is sexy and all, but Heath, you're not a big fan of walks. And so, you know, you always say a walk is not just as good as a hit. Well, so, if you're, if you're, if you walk and you're, you're going to steal bases, then okay. He's not like back in the day, Kenny Lofton and stuff, guys like that. But Soto's not the guy to walk and steal. So Heath, take a listen to this. Fangraphs, Zips, DC, they came out with their Padres predictions the other day for 2023. They have Juan Soto in 154 games. So knock on wood, they have him playing most of the year. They have him hitting 272 with 29 home runs, 84 RBI. So people on the surface are going to be like, that's not a $500 million player. Uh, his, But they do have his walk rate at by far the league highest at 21%, which is absurd. I mean, he's walking once every five at bats. And, you know, a part of it is because they're not they're not throwing to him, but I think they're going to have to start throwing to him more this year because he has a lot more protection around him. They can't just pitch around him. So what are your thoughts when you hear those kind of numbers? Well, first of all, if he's on the San Diego Padres and he ends up with those numbers, I'm going to say, okay, great. But um, where is he hitting? Is he hitting the one hole or the two hole? And Probably is the, the guy hole. behind him, you know, getting him in all the time? But overall, I don't. I think those are not very good numbers because you didn't come to a baseball to watch guys walk. And pit, good. And here's the other part: in the playoffs, you have the best pitchers. They're not going to walk guys. You know, they're not going to walk to go get this guy's. You know, to face this guy because you know, unless there's nobody in the lineup except for one good hitter. But then here's the thing: is you're in the playoffs. Everybody's a pretty good hitter. Also, so no not, shift. No it, shift this year as well. So, so if there's no shift, then a lefty hitter should, you know, Soto should hit be two nine two ninety is almost a three hundred hitter, and I would say maybe you know he had a, he hit some hard balls, but they were right at people. So I kind of label that as a three hundred hitter. But if you're in two sixties, no two seventy, you're like okay two eighty, okay you're an average hitter. But well, you want to be you're, if you're if you're going to be a three hundred hitter, you're going to be a five hundred million dollar guy, four hundred million dollar guy. You That's need to be point. like Tony Gwynn. His first year hit like 289 or something. And then every year after that hit 300. That's you, the, that's, that's, the, that's yeah. money that you should be doing. Or you, you know. should be hitting 40 home, 30, 30 to 40 home runs and hitting 100 guys in every year, no matter who's around you. So it, it's just one of those things. I, I'm not, I think Soto's a great talent, but I just, I don't know. I'm I'm so worried about what Soda did last year with the Nationals that I really I'm starting to believe, but I don't want to believe this that he did that on purpose so he would not be with a National. Now he turned down four hundred million dollars, and I don't know how the hell he did that. Shit, I I couldn't turn that down. I couldn't even turn down half of that. I don't know. All three of us couldn't. But do you really want a player that doesn't try when he doesn't want to, or do you want a player that goes out there and tries his best all the time? You know, yeah, it's no, different it's... than Machado hitting the ball right at the shortstop and not hustling to first because 99% of the time, you know, you're out, you're trying to save your legs a little bit. You know, it's June, it's May, it's uh, July, whatever. I get that part. I'm not a big fan of it, but I get that part, you know, cause you, you know, you, you, you probably hustle out some other balls that, you know, they're down the line or whatnot. But here's <laughs> the thing. When somebody deliberately doesn't play, the majority of the season, 
So it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. Why would you, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just try your best and then tell the team, oh, I don't want to sign here, trade me, but go play your best. Yeah. We also don't know that's a hundred percent true, but I know, yeah, but I'm just, I, I'm speculating. I'm right, 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 right. But I mean, I'm looking at the, at what he's projected and I, I think it's a little underwhelming. I really do. Especially considering that they're banning the shift, right? Like he's a pull hitter, you know, he's going to get his, he hits lasers. Um, I'm expecting him to hit at least, 280 285 if, if you can hit over that then i think that's a good season but i'd love to see the home run numbers up because look we need to have power that's something that we were always missing last season of course we had machado who you know hit some power but like the rest of the lineup didn't have any pop now, obviously adding tatis to the lineup is great but you know regardless like i'm trying to see these guys each go for 30 i want to see three guys on this team go for 30 home runs you have to remember though, Juan Soto was never the biggest slugger. Like that's not his game. Like he he'll he'll run into thirty balls. Like his most ever is thirty four. But besides that, it was it was twenty nine in twenty twenty one. Like he's not going to hit forty bombs, but he's going to get you those extra base hits. So I don't know. We'll see. I think when you look at those numbers, those are fantastic numbers when you look at that walk rate. But then when we have that number of five hundred million in the back of our mind, that's why we're not saying, "Oh my God, those are fantastic numbers," because we have that half billion in the back of our mind, yeah. where it's like, eh, "I'd rather give one hundred eighty million dollars to somebody who can give me seventy five percent of that." You right. know what I mean? Well, I mean they have him down as nine stolen bases. You put him on, you're still going to have to have somebody hit the ball after him. The benefit is they have Machado second. and Bogarts after him, so hopefully those guys can have big years. That's the thing. So it's just, you know, you, you got to have, I, I like base hits over walks. They have Manny Machado, everyone at 266. So they have his batting average going down about 30 points Very low. Uh, this year. And I think Manny did have a really nice year. I don't think we should expect that same year. I mean, he had a fantastic year last year. Um, I think he's going to have a uh, Man, I'm all for it. They have him hitting 266, 30 homers, 100 ribs. So that's, that's, that's a nice Machado year. We'll see with him. You think he's going to have a big year, Nick? Wheat and ribs. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> look look how many guys are protecting him in this lineup. I mean, last season, for half half the season, he was the guy. There was no Soto on his team. There was no Xander Bogarts. There was no Tatis. You know, Jake Cronenworth was his protection. You know, and that's not all that scary. I love Jake, but, you know, he's really not scaring anyone protecting Manny Machado. He's going to have a bigger year, in my opinion. I, I think he's going to have a bigger year i mean they have him down over 100 rbis and almost 100 runs you know he's like you like you said nick he's got a bunch of protection around him unless you put all those guys in front of him and then he's the last guy and he's and it's a contract year you know he's he's looking to opt out next season wants to prove that he deserves more money good point yeah he's gonna have a a monster hopefully you're for the Padres. The one that stuck out to me was Fernando Tatis Jr. The 266 batting average. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't complain about it. I think he's going to struggle a little bit early on until he gets his his rhythm back. They have him hitting 37 home runs in 120 games for the San Diego Padres. They don't have Fernando Tatis Jr. missing a beat. Obviously, they're taking into account the 20 game suspension, and they're also going to say he's probably going to miss 20 games here and there with little you know, ticks and tacks, probably accurate, right? With Fernando's track record, yeah. um, 37 home runs in 120 games. So they don't think he's going to miss a beat. What do y'all think? I don't think he's going to miss a beat because one, he doesn't have a manager. That's going to tell him don't swing three. Oh, um, he's not going to have, he's not going to get harsh. He's just going to go out there and play and he doesn't have to be the guy. And one, he also has to prove himself again. You know, he's going to be in the outfield. 
he's going to have to prove himself or he's going to have to hit. He's going to have to show that, Hey, this could be your team. You know, he's going to have to basically prove himself all over again. I'm trying to look right now at the, at the uh, home run leader odds on bet online, because I think they gave Manny Machado some pre- or not Manny Machado, Tatis some pretty good odds. I think it was like fifth best odds or something to, to win the home run title, which yeah, would be crazy some- missing 20 games. Well, they're just, that's how strong he is. And that's how, how, that's how much potential everybody knows he can be if he actually keeps his head on and actually does what he's supposed to be. And he works hard and he focuses on just being the best player he can be. Where do you want to see him hit? Would you rather see him lead off or clean up? Me? Oh, gosh. Because those are the I'll two go, spots I'll go first. They consider. I, I think lead off for me. Lead off? steals bases you know he gets on base and then he he extends it and lead off home run like that's some juice right off the bat for your team i know obviously like you want to hit home runs with guys on base but look aaron judge led off this season yeah the bad the way they do the bad nor is crazy now they were just trying to get a bats to the best guy but you know i deep down i don't think he's a leadoff guy but i'm looking at this lineup and everybody here i really don't want you know Grisham to be a leadoff guy. So put, put Tatis as the leadoff man. That'd be perfect. Then Soto, number two, you got to pitch to him. Plus he's a lefty. The first, the catcher can't see the guy at first, you know, so maybe you can get some more steals. Cause you know what? There's uh five, five or six more inches. Bases are closer now with the bigger base. So, you know, it, it would, and then Machado right up, right after that, I think, that's that's a horrible one two three lineup. I don't want to see. And then Bogart's four. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying one two three. Then you got four. So it'd be like, all right, after the first inning, then I'll pitch to people. How many one two three innings do you think that they get this season? I mean, obviously, I can't like accumulate that number, but like I think percentage wise, I'd imagine that they're not going one two three fifty percent of the time. If they do that, I would wager that that it's yeah. Then I would. I would say they probably only get 30% time out. One, two, three. That's Turner and Freeman was last year. You know, so, but they have to, you know, they have to stick with the lineup. They have to have Tatis number one, Soto number two, and Machado number three. So. They have, they have Xander Bogarts fan graphs. They have him hitting 269 this year, you know, even coming off a year where he hit 307 last year. And I think a lot of people may be questioning why. Well, Xander's always been a BABIP guy. So he's always, you know, had the ball in play. And Fenway, he's had the monster to help benefit him, where a lot of those hits probably would be out <laughs> at a pitcher's park in Petco. So I think Xander's kind of a tough one to analyze in terms of how you're going to see his output play at Petco Park because he had a lot of fortune. Mm-hmm playing in boston with the short monsters so 69 uh, we're hoping for higher than that um but it'll be interesting to see i think they could potentially have him cleaning up which would be a little bit unconventional kind of the least guy with pop out of your core four but they think he can hopefully just drive all those guys in where do you guys see xander in the order this year i'd like to see him number four just because and here's the thing petco parks always said a pitcher's park Okay, but if it's if it's a big outfield, why can't you just hit the ball over the infield? And I think Xander's that guy that can hit a line drive and doesn't need to hit for power and hit the ball in the gaps. And just, you know, base hit in the gap, base hit down line, base hit in the gap, score the RBIs that are in front of him that are on base. 
And it's simple from there. I mean, you don't have to hit for power. I really, yeah. I mean, Fenway's a small ballpark in the outfield. So he's, he got hit somehow. Yeah. What, no. Everything wasn't off the monster. I'm hundred with you there. I, I, I think that these averages are like, they're very liberal with them or sorry. They're very conservative with them. They're not liberal. Yeah. <laughs> they're very conservative with, with how low they're going with these, these averages. Now I will say I've gotten advice before in the past from like a fantasy expert, fantasy baseball expert. That is that, he never likes drafting guys who have changed teams or that have injury history, right? Because it's always an adjustment period for them. They don't always do well right off the bat. Freddie Freeman last season, anomaly. He was great. But if you look at most guys changing teams, hitters at least, they don't tend to hit very well or hit as well as they did the year before. Now, that always happens to us as Padre fans. We're used to seeing it, right? The new guy comes into town. You know, he struggles right off the bat, but Soto did that last year. Exactly. I'm interested to see what happens with Xander. Um, you know, this is different than bringing in Soto mid season. This is a free agency signing. He's, you know, going to have time with the team early on in spring training. And of course you have opening day, but I don't think it's going to go down below 270. I mean, maybe it's 280 this season. Maybe it's 285. I mean, I'll somewhere, yeah, I'll take that as well. But it's been a long time since we had consistent 300 hitters, but Heath, what do you think it is about guys coming over to a new team? Not necessarily just Peco park, but hitters adjusting to a new, new team in general. Well, first of all, I think it's when you switch leagues, you know, the, the pitchers, you're used to the pitchers, but here's the biggest thing. Like um, he was, let's just say, you know, Boston was in the national league East. Okay. Let's So we're not switching American league national league. He sees all those guys in the East a lot. So he knows those pitchers. Mm-hmm. Now he's switching to the West. Doesn't know those pitchers, but then let's tack on the national league. West has been known as the best pitching around the, the league. So now you're going from, you know, you might have one or two teams that are not very good pitching wise and then switching to just about everybody in the West has an ACE or two or three of really good pitchers. And you don't have that one team. That's kind of like, well, they don't have anybody, mm-hmm. you know, you could say the Diamondbacks, well, they got Bumgarner, you know, you could, you can name, name a bunch of people, but to switch teams, you lose all those guys that, you know, you know, even if you're a pitcher or a hitter, you know, that division really well, and you see them more often than other people. So therefore now you're seeing a whole nother division. So you, you don't know their tendencies. You don't know this, you don't know that you're not sure. It's not so much the ballparks. It's not the team. It's more just playing against other Mm -hmm. divisions and other pitchers more often. You know, let's just say when Kershaw was dominating, now he comes over here. He's going to see Kershaw probably like three or four times. If you're out the uh, central or the east, you might only see him once all year. Right. If that, you might miss your city. So it's just one of those things. Now you're going to see him three or four times. Yeah. So that's the difference. You got to learn the pitchers. And, you know, and, and, and people are going to dog me for this one too, but the East is different than the West. The East, the pitchers aren't as good as that West. Plus the West has better, you know, weather, this gunslingers. So, yeah. So, and then the East, you have some cold days, you got some hot days. So some days, some things don't work and this and that we're out West. Everything's usually really nice except for Colorado. So, <laughs> and that ball, if you just get it up, you know, you sneeze and it's a home run. 
So, you mentioned Bumgarner. Way. You mentioned Bumgarner, but also the D-backs have a good young rotation. They're going to be scary this year. Zach Allen, Merrill Kelly. Like I, I'm telling you, they're, they're going to be. <laughs> I want to call them scary. Be, oh, hey, hey, they they absolutely fleece Toronto in that VAR show trade. I think the D-backs are going to. Uh, yeah, scary was a little they, bit. They uh, have probably. potential win, being really good. They're going to be over 500. I think they're going to be over 500 this year. I'll I'll say that. And I, and I. Yep. I know, I know y'all are shaking your head. I'm telling you, <laughs> they are sneaky. They are sneaky. Book it. You heard it here first. D-backs winning 84 games. Lock it in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're they're not like uh, you know, demons and monsters scary. They're like the friendly ghost scary. You know? They're not an easy out, though. They're not gonna be an easy out every night. Yeah. That. If you play hard, you're gonna beat them. But if you take them lightly, they're gonna beat the hell out of you. Just better hope that they don't roll out a rookie pitcher to go ahead and no hit us. <laughs> I I just hope we could win in cores this year, man. Could we just win yeah. in cores? Yeah, please. Um, do we want to continue with these guys? Or you, you mentioned there's a uh, a realignment that someone threw up on Twitter, right? Let's talk about that. Sure, sure. So Jim Bowden of the Athletic, he threw up something today, and I know Major League Baseball they've been talking about a potential, a few expansion teams. I know they've been discussing. So we had this thing Let's go to Vegas. today of potential teams being added and kind of realigning the different leagues and, and divisions in baseball. So they added, what, a mid-Atlantic, mid a Pacific Coast, and they added the Nashville and Charlotte expansion teams. Let's start with the people we care about, the, the San Diego Padres and the, and the NL West. So nice. essentially, cool. they just created the NFL. Pretty much. They did four, much. four divisions, AFC, NFC, split it up. They put all the the we have like Cal two wild card people. Yeah, the three. Southwest teams together. Switch the D backs. Yeah. Switch the D backs for the uh, for the Giants and the West is a fun division to watch. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I would hate to be in that. Shit, the travel is great. I want to go out west now. <laughs> I mean, just think about it. There's no travel. You could just drive yeah, everywhere. Literally. You don't even need a team plane. Look at the East: Red Sox, Mets, Yankees, Phillies. Oh God! Can you imagine those fan bases going at each other's throats? That'd be ridiculous. I couldn't yeah. take it. I would not want to watch the Mid Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's pirates have bad. a chance. No. What are you so? It, you get, what are your thoughts on Charlotte getting an expansion team? I think Nashville's a. I think that's that's a, a shoe in there. I think that makes a ton of sense for a lot of reasons. Charlotte, though, really? Oh, I Charlotte. I mean, I remember playing minor league ball in Charlotte, and Charlotte. I remember they played in a stadium that was horrible. The next year, they actually built a stadium. And they said if they had, I mean, gosh, this was twenty years ago. If you got enough fans and stuff, Major League Baseball was going to think about doing an expansion team out there. But, I mean, they had good fans, but nothing crazy like Nashville, where I guess I guess they weren't lying. But um, I don't I don't like it. It's going to be like the Jaguars. They're going to be, like, decent until you find somebody, but not good. They'll, they'll be just a surprise team. Yeah. Nobody's going to care about them. I'd say I'd say screw Charlotte, just go straight to Myrtle Beach and be the merman like uh, Kenny Powers. That or down. Daytona Beach, or I mean, shit, just go to Vegas. Look at the Raiders. I'm not yeah. even a huge Raider fan, but I mean, look at look at was it the uh, the hockey team there has done great. Cool. Yeah, I think yeah. I think baseball would do awesome there too. Plus, yeah, they we, got a bunch of money to build whatever you want. You were saying at the top of the show though, before we hopped on, that it's going to be the last team 
or the last league at least to, to bring a team to Vegas. And I'm with you. I think they're getting an NBA team first. I think that'll be the first domino. They got plenty of space to put that. And then baseball because baseball is super conservative and, you know, they're scared of the betting that you mentioned. Yeah. I just, it's funny. Everybody bets on um, March madness. Sorry to leak it out of the bag, but we all know, yeah. you know, so they bet on the Super Bowl before they show up to spring training and say, yeah, we won't bet. <laughs> There's you know, there's been a, a already fifteen over fifteen billion dollars bet so far in the Super Bowl in in Vegas casinos. That's crazy. It wasn't even it wasn't even half of that last year, was it? It's like six billion. Well, you you get some big market teams in there, and especially back east, they're, I'm pretty sure that a lot of there's a lot of Philly fans out there that bet their house or their their car, or their wives or their kids, first born, the next born kid. You know, I don't know. They're pretty crazy in Philly. That's why I love Philadelphia so much. That's why you want them to lose. <laughs> I want them to lose just so I can say, ha ha. Yeah. But if, if they win, I can say, well, at least we lost the Super Bowl champions. Hey, we'll have a lot of entertaining things to watch on social media when all those videos come out of Philly fans. Oh, yeah. 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 They're, as long they're as they don't win the World Series, I don't care. Let them have a Super Bowl. Yeah. Let them have a Super Bowl. I was so happy the Astros won that World Series. Like just a a big sigh of relief. When Jordan hit that bomb, I was like, Whew. don't want to. I was rooting on I was Series. sorry, boys, but I was rooting on Philly. Nah. I was hoping Philly's gonna win. They 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 can win on Sunday. And next time we have <laughs> our podcast, we'll learn a lot more. Super Bowl outcome, spring training. All that stuff. And WBC coming up as well. I know that's going to be a, a big topic of discussion in the coming weeks. So thank you, everyone, for watching Ring the Bell Episode 3 Season 2. Make sure you go check us out on wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure you give us a download. That's Nick Kreider. That's Heath Bell. I'm Born and Azari, everybody. We're signing out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.